Michelle Scharf, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing good. So, Hey, Michelle. So glad hey, you could join us. I am, too. We've been talking about this a long time. For real. So yeah. we're happy to have you on the show. One thing I think is interesting, you're friends with both of us, but not through either of us, meaning yeah. you, you've become friends with each of us individually, independently. Yeah, true. I tell everyone you're my travel buddy, Jake. Well, I'm sure the place where you and I met is cooler than where you met Jill. This is true. <laughs> It's so true. <laughs> I met you uh, in Peru. Yeah, it was actually in Peru, right? Yep. I remember taking a picture in the lobby with you, on, in, and I had just lost my husband a year earlier, and I took this picture with this hot young man, and I posted it on my Facebook wall with not a lot of information about who, what I was posting. Nobody had ever seen me with this person. A lot of my friends didn't know who Jake Marino was. And I started getting text messages from multiple people saying, that guy looks really young. <laughs> you. Michelle, way to be a cooter. I know. I get accused of it, whether I am or, or I'm not. So how did you two meet? I think we met up at the Capitol through politics. Um, yeah. I think we I think met online, actually, first. I yeah, it was first. the first, you were running Orrin Hatch, you were doing field for Orrin Hatch's campaign, weren't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, then, yeah. and then we met through uh, at different events. Uh, Capital, yeah, the Capitol, and then Carl, which is a mutual friend of both of ours. Yeah, but Carl I think Hill. we met at the Alta Club, didn't we, at one point? I think we probably I don't know. did. Yeah. I mean, I've been there a million times, and so if you're saying it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I don't have great memory pre my husband's death. I don't either, but I've not for the same life. reasons. Yeah. I've lost a lot of like in, um, inner information in my brain. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Our our meet our meeting story is a little better. I think so too. I I love that people were like rooting for me. Who's a cute guy? <laughs> so we've we met in Peru, and we've also traveled to Belize as part yes. of our uh, mutual group of friends. So, yeah. And I was supposed to go on that trip and be Michelle's roommate. Yeah. She could have used that on me. She could have I used know. a chaperone. <laughs> you did a fine job. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. You did a fine job chaperoning me. And when you weren't there, Renee was there. We were all, we all took care of each other. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Except that mostly everybody else took care of Michelle. <laughs> That's okay. I had a good time. Well, you took care of me in Peru, so that makes up for it. You, it was a rough were, time. You were, and I actually felt really connected to you immediately. I could, you know, I think it was because I was in the throes of my own grief, and you were dealing with the grief of losing your father. And, um, 
all all the that entailed at that time and and I remember just looking at you and I'm like this this man is not happy and I was worried that you actually were not okay on some levels so I did sit down and reach out to you and connect with you and and yeah I immediately who can't fall in love with Jake it's true well to to give some backstory so when we went to Peru you know I think I've mentioned before my dad had cancer for uh, like eight years or so before he passed last year. But when we went to Peru in 2019, the day before, no, it was the day, it was the day we left. So the day I left from the airport, my dad had a setback that came out of nowhere and he was like hallucinating and he couldn't form complete sentences. And he was really, weak and struggling, which this came out of nowhere. It was out of the blue. So I, we thought we, we thought it was okay. I, I thought something was wrong, but not seriously wrong. So my trip to the airport and then flying to Peru was that in the back of my head and not really being sure what was going on. So the first couple of days, I just kind of stayed in the hotel room because I'm not like, I'm trying to be close to the international airport in case I need to head back in a, in a minute, but, um, he got better after a couple of days, he went to the hospital and he started getting better. So as the trip went on, I was able to relax a little bit more and have a little bit more fun. But Michelle, um, you and a couple other people were really great to me. Cause that, that that's tricky, you know, when you're far away and I had guilt and I'm like, should I even be here? But they worked out. So I appreciate it. So we all take care yeah. of each other. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that I could be there for you. And I, you know, honestly, Jake really helped me. Jill, I don't think I told you the story. Actually, I think I did. Um, I was a little bit too friendly with a local in Belize. Oh, you did <clears throat> tell me the story. And yeah, Jake, you called me from Belize to tell me the story, actually. Yeah, and, and Jake kind of got in between the guy and me and then put his arm around me and walked me to, to the man. And he's like, <laughs> he was just rude down in my ear he's like you need to be careful you're gonna get yourself raped <laughs> he's like get oh. in the <laughs> well i don't think he meant it anyway. not that way i was <laughs> i know how i know um, how jake meant that but i mean he did mean it but <laughs> i wasn't being inappropriate but i had offered this guy a hug and i was just being super friendly and happy and anyway and he was following you. I don't think you noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Jake tried to run interference and that didn't work out so well. So then when we started to move forward to the van, Jake was like, get in that van. And then Sean came and kind of also was like, Hey dude, you need to go. But it didn't stop there. The guy ended up. Um, oh, wait, I out. didn't know that part. <laughs> yeah. The guy ended up figuring out where my bungalow was. And luckily Carl on the, opposite side of the bungalow and I had to go wake him up and say there is a man coming into our bungalow and he's got to go like and so and man Carl was not having it <laughs> he sent that guy packing <laughs> yeah that that is one person and for our listeners these are all political people but Carl is one person I would not want to piss off <laughs> in any Possibility. He and he's like, you need to go. Four, three. That guy was gone. He was 
he flew off the front of our balcony and he was gone. I he he never even made it to two. He was like Carl's an intimidating oh, guy. If you don't you don't mess with Carl. Yeah. Well, and Carl came out at the perfect time because I was like holding the the there was like these wood partitions that just came together, and I was trying to hold them close because I couldn't get it to lock. And the guy just opened them. And when the guy pushed my hands apart and opened them, is when Carl showed up right behind me and just sent the guy packing. Nice. Yeah. Well done, okay. Carl. So this guy was relentless. Like, yeah, he was. Good he was times. pretty. He was pretty. Good times, he was pretty, he was pretty interested in having a conversation with me. I don't know what he wanted to converse about, but I was not interested. I don't think it was a conversation he was looking for, Michelle. Well, we'll never know. Well, speaking of being relentless, Michelle, you're the co-host of a podcast called Relentlessly Resilient. I am. Tell us about that. So I have been a political strategist working on campaigns throughout Utah since like 2009, meeting people from all over the state. And people have a tendency once they meet me, and I'm a pretty honest, open, vulnerable person. Not pretty. I am that. And um, and people tend to share with me. And, and I've heard a lot of stories that were really inspiring to me. And I had no idea how those stories would impact my life and how they would help me to be able to get through some real big trials that I was facing. And so I, you know, I, I was losing my husband who was dying of cancer. And I was thinking about through all of these stories. And I often thought it'd be so great to like have a podcast where people could share their stories, document their trials. But what was great about these stories were I was, I would see these people rise above the trauma that they had in their life, the grief, the trauma, that the angst, the, the horrible situation, they they always found a way to not only move past it, but really start to live their best life in spite of these horrible situations. And of course, the older I've gotten, I realized that we all have these in our life, and sometimes there are multiple of these. And um, I pitched it to KSL, and I pitched it because uh, I met the person that I wanted to do the show with, and that was my friend Jenny Taylor, whose husband flew a flag for me um, when my husband died. And, and a lot of people may know that story. He was the North Ogden mayor who was killed in combat. But um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's the story. It's relentlessly resilient. KSL picked it up. They took it and ran with it. Um, we're on KSL. We're, we're just coming into a year of uh, shows. And so we've been at it for a year, dropping shows every week, sometimes twice a week. And um, I like it. I we're, we're getting better all the time. As you guys know, you start a podcast, there's a, there's a learning curve. And we're getting better at it. So, Do we know that, Jill? Are we getting better? Our content is getting better when we actually do it, though. Right. I mean, you know, so for us, it's, it's been a challenge. Like we started in studio. So we were all sitting around a table. We were looking at each other. We could kind of pause one another and say, Oh, you know, I have a little thing I'd like to add in here or, or ask or whatever. We, 
we immediately lost that because of COVID. So then we started having our guests call in. We had to call in a couple times. There was a few weeks that we had to find another venue to host the show and record the show and then send it into KSL. And we have overcome all of those challenges and, and been able to, to put out the show consistently. And, and so that's awesome. People ask me all the time, oh, are you getting paid? No, I'm not getting paid. This is the labor of love. I'm doing it because I want to put a message into the world that we are all dealing with a lot of hard things. And we need to remember to be kind to one another. Give each other some room. Michelle. Yeah. We, we wanted to invite you on today because you and I got together on Sunday. Yeah. And we were talking about dating. Yeah. And here's why. Because you are widowed. Yes. Now. And so you've right. entered the, the dating pool. The dreaded and adult, the abyss, <laughs> the old, old haired, grade lady dating pool. <laughs> well, like I refuse to go gray yet. So, but yeah, I, I gray, but let's be honest. I'm 52. So I, I, I'm a little bit different. How old are you, Jill? 43. Yeah. So you're, you've got 10 years on me. You're recently divorced. You're, getting out there. I invited you over to a single ladies brunch because I'm part of this singles group. Um, I'm not really great at connecting. There's a couple groups in Utah that have events all the time. Some of them are smaller events, but some of them are huge events. And I've been to a couple of them. They can be overwhelming. And I'm not really great in that environment. Also, most of these kids I call them kids. They're the kids. men and women. Kids are between thirty and like forty-four. I would say mostly. Mm. There are people in my age group there, um, but I, I wouldn't say a lot that are in my age range. So I'm not really good at the big parties. Um, so I had a small ladies brunch and at my house for fall and I thought it would be interesting to invite some people that are newly single getting out there and some that have been out there for a while. It was a great brunch. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was fun. And I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I kind of feel bad talking about this because I feel like these other ladies should be here to talk about it too. But there were two ladies. We'll just leave their names out of it. Uh -huh. There are two ladies that were sitting across the table eating breakfast. And as they were eating, and this has actually happened to me before, as they were eating, they discovered that they had dated the same man. And then it just became a hilarious conversation of this person, his personality. It was really it was funny. It was hilarious. And it was. Dying. We were all dying. And one of the ladies that were there, she leaned over to me and she goes, oh my gosh, they're having the same moment we had. <laughs> it was so true because this, is ha this happened to me and this lady the last time I was together with her at a little luncheon. We discovered that we made it, we, we dated one of the same man. And I think she was a little horrified because this young man was 34 years old and she's younger than me. And um, I dated him 
I don't know if I dated him more or longer, but definitely had more experiences with this young man than she experiences. Did. <laughs> well, we don't need to get into the weedy details of things, right? No. I listened to all of your podcasts, you guys. I did my homework. You guys are very Utah appropriate on the show. <laughs> I don't know well, because I want to preface this. Well, Jake and I will do a little intro <laughs> in a minute, but my I know I'm going to tell my family not to listen to this one, <laughs> as opposed to any other episode that we tell them not to listen to. I will say we've made it almost 19 or so minutes into recording, and there's nothing we've had to bleep out yet. I think that's a record. It is a new record for me. It's amazing because you've got me on the show and I usually... Oh no, Michelle, that shit's going to go anytime now. I need a beeper. I need to carry my own beep. You know what we've come up with is we do our own radio edits. It's pretty pretty awesome. (laughs) Awesome. How do you do that? It's just a skill you've got to develop. Oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe I'm, I'm not going to do that, Jake. We're not going to practice. I'm doing good. So, yeah. So, anyway, I think that those kind of things are interesting. Here's the thing. When you're dating in Utah, it's a small pool to, to be dating in, right? It's a pool with a lot of urine. a lot of urine and no chlorine. chlorine. Oh, God. Yeah. So, it is interesting, right, to, um, to start <laughs> To start building friendships with other women, and then you realize, oh yeah, I dated him. Oh yeah, I dated him. And it, well, I not- quickly surveyed the room to make sure that nobody that I have been going out with over the last few weeks had been, you know, um, I don't know what's the word. So one of the ladies there came up to me after lead by like- any of the other women in the room. Oh no! So one of the women came up to me after, and she's like, "I'm I'm glad this one person didn't come. I saw you invited her. Um, I dated her husband after they got divorced. I'm like, how am I supposed to know these things? Like, it's so complicated, right? Yeah, yeah. I, like I you know. said, it's a small world. It's small town Utah. It, you know, I. I, I've heard that term for a long time, and definitely in politics, it definitely is. It feels that way. And then if Small you're Mormon, it, yeah, it's if you're Mormon, it's even smaller. And and I just feel like when you're dating, it's just so difficult. It's it's not easy to date in this area because you you're you're gonna hit the same people. I, I remind my lady friends, I'm like, look, if I end up dating someone that you dated, just remember we're not in high school. We're adults, and we're just trying to find our match. If they weren't a match for you, don't be offended that I'm seeing if they're a match for me. We're just trying on. We're just trying on different people, We're right? trying on different people. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, we're trying to find out what's working. And, like, so the three people that I've gone out, I've gone out with a whole bunch of people, but like, so the three I've liked are not from Utah. They're transplants here. And those are the ones that I've gotten along the best with, Mm -hmm. but they're the two 
it's weird. Like they're acting like the chicks in the relationship. And I'm like sitting there going, Oh, how I just, I, it's weird. Like I am just newly evolving into this whole new single thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be like getting into a relationship right now. And they're just like, it's kind of funny. Like they, I got a text from one of them. We were supposed to like hang out. Um, he had like been taking me out. We had been going to dinner and, you know, hanging out. And he um, messages me and he's like, I just, I want to focus on you. He, he was in, the military he's in the military and he's like oh, so no, he's like be... scammer oh no 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 no, no. Okay, he's right. in the military but okay. he's coming back to utah in march like his permanent assignment comes back in march like i i know the situation um and i have another friend who kind of verified the whole situation for me because i'm like this sounds this isn't real and so, and this was like when he told me about it at first, I'm like, I don't think this is real. Is this an actual thing that happens? And he's like, yeah, it is. So um, anyway, we were talking about it and I get this text from him and he's like, yeah, so I just don't think right now, I just kind of want to focus more on being with my friends right now and then just focus more on you when I get back in March. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to focus on anything. I just wanted to have fun with you right now. Like, right. I just wanted to hang out. I didn't want to, like, have any, I wasn't asking for anything. So it's just interesting to see how people um, try and blow it out, you know, just kind of, I don't know what they expect. It's like, huh. I'm like, I just got out of a 12-year relationship that, I mean, it had its ups. It did, but I just kind of need to figure me out again and yeah, what works so, for me. So maybe you're not actually ready to be out there. So so there's a lot of conversations on these dating sites. So we should probably tell your listeners that if, if they're single and if they're listening, there's a group called Nuts which is Northern Utah tribe of singles um, that they can find on Facebook. I'm not sure if you actually have to be asked to be in or if you can just join it, but it's a pretty good group and they have a lot of great quality meetings. They don't tolerate a bunch of crap. So there have been people that have been escorted to the door and asked to not continue to come to any event. Um, there have been people that were creepers. There were people that were touching women inappropriately at events. And um, there, there has been some uh, assault charges levied um, in the group and, and stuff like that. So it's like this is the legitimacy of dealing with a mass amount of people who are single, who have sex drive, who have desires, who don't understand consent. You, you know, you get the whole, you get the whole view. And it's, it's really kind of interesting. There's another group that just started up recently, and it's called the Slut Group. Not because people are slutty, but it's the Salt Lake, Utah tribe of singles. And so it's from Salt Lake area. 
northern uh, Utah tribe of singles is for North Salt Lake to Cache Valley. So it's a gr big group of people. A lot of them are typically professional. So you get a, a better clientele of, of people. Um, a, a lot of these people are not on the dating sites, which is refreshing, but a lot of them don't actually want to be dating either. So mm -hmm. these are not dating groups. These are singles groups for events. And that's a very different thing. Yeah. So there, there's that environment where you can join a group, you can go out with all of these singles, and you can have non physical connections and get to know people and build friendships and relationships, kind of find your tribal member, members or friends while you're going through an adjustment period, right? Like you need support, right? And, and you kind of want yeah. to start outside your circle. So that's a good thing. Then, then, then there's the dating apps, and that's what you were talking about. And the dating apps is like, okay, I'm hungry to go out there and either find some companionship or figure out what what it is I'm even looking for, right? Well, that's the second part, though. That's the one I'm more interested in. I need to know what I'm wanting in the second phase of my existence because I don't know what I want. Right. So that takes some time and experience, and that's the purpose of dating. Unfortunately, dating's weird now. Because, like, if we were younger and then in high school, although I don't even know if they do this in high school, because even my kids use dating apps, um, you know, you would be in high school, you'd be in a peer group, you would hang out with these people, you would have ideas of personality, things you really joined about somebody, things you really didn't like about somebody else, and you kind of were making mental notes along the way, right? Right. It's a little bit different now. And some people get on these dating apps. They don't know what they're looking for. Some of them are clear about them and say, I'm not really sure I'm ready for this. Um, other people are like, well, um, I know exactly what I want. I want a long-term relationship. And then you have those weirdos like, so for me, I know I know what I want. I started making my list when my husband was sick and dying. I, I was noting all the things I loved about him. The things I still want in a partner, the things I enjoy about having in a partner. And then there were things that I didn't enjoy so much, but there were other things that I knew that I could really benefit from. Some things that he wasn't able to give me. I mean, I met my husband when I was 17. I'm 52. This is the time for a mature do-over, right? Not do-over. I mean, I loved my husband and he was lovely and wonderful, but... um but I don't have him as an option anymore. So if I'm going to date, I want it. I, I'm for me and I'm a, a type A personality and I make lists and I create my reality. So I got busy writing it all down. So I have this big long list. I know exactly who I'm looking for. I met somebody who actually meets an awful lot of what's on my list. And, um, and that's just recently, so we won't get into that, but, um, or we can get into it later if it comes up. But, um, on the dating apps, when you, when you go out there, it's really weird because we need to like establish some lingo, I think. Because mm -hmm. we don't date anymore, right? You meet people. So I call them meets because I have been out maybe on a hundred meets, which, you know, 
I would say to my non-dating friends or my church-going friends, married couple friends, I'm like, well, I've been out like on a hundred and something dates this last year and their eyes about pop out of their head. And I'm like, oh, let me clarify what that looks like. I am not dating a hundred men. I have literally gone to Starbucks, had a drink, left and thought, I'm never seeing that person ever again. Yeah. It's a huge amount of time to sort through these individuals and sometimes the pictures look great they might have a decent written profile or they might engage you in a great conversation you'll talk to them on the phone for a little bit and then you set up the meet and then you go to the meet and then all of a sudden there's just a vibe that doesn't work there's just like a personality conflict and oh my gosh like the variety of that that we could talk about. I remember <laughs> this one time I went out and I met this guy at Starbucks and I, I approached him. I shook his hand. We walked in, he bought me a drink. I sat down, we started talking. He never asked me one thing about myself in 25 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. I never said one that's word crazy the entire time until I was ready to leave. And I said, well, I'm done with my drink. Thank you very much. It was nice meeting you. And I got up and walked out. Like, I'm like, I don't, I remember leaving that. And I thought, why did I stay 25 minutes? That was a waste of 20 good minutes. I knew in five minutes, this was not going to be. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's similar. I went out with a guy last night and I was just like, oh, well, thank you. It was nice meeting you. This isn't going to happen. He's like, I'd love to see you again. I'm like, yeah, you know, I didn't, I don't, I don't think that is a great idea for me, but thank you. <laughs> Thanks for dinner. Well, you know, I, I'm honored you for being able to tell the person, yeah, that's not going to work for me because sadly most people will just ghost you after. Yeah. I'm not into ghosting. I think that's a dick move. I do too. You know, I, and I've had men tell me, and it's happened to me a million times. I mean, it's just, it's just what happens. Um, I, I think it's rude, but like I'll have a man say, this was lovely. Would you be interested again? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'd like to go out with you again. I feel like I've said that to men that I haven't necessarily felt connection with, but I also feel like if I, if I don't know that it's a no, then there's mm -hmm. potential for me. For, right? Yeah. I can't I can see that. I, it might take two or three more meets for me to go, hey, like, I'm kind of interested in you. Sure. I'm, I'm going to provide a little bit of a counterpoint to the ghosting issue. Okay. I'm one of the few people that actually sees a reason for it for both men and women. Okay, Jake. Now, I would like to say it's always a bad move. But unfortunately, sometimes being honest is the bad move when it comes to dating and people that you don't know very well. And I've heard enough cases and had enough cases myself where you're honest and upfront and that causes problems. Um, really? Maybe the person is unhinged and telling oh. them the truth does not go well and that causes I, problems. No. I would say yeah. people ghost for a reason, not that it's necessarily 
right or wrong for any particular situation or good or bad, but probably a result of previous experiences. Interesting. So like I, for me, I'm like, I'm not, a, but you're right. Okay. So in all fairness, I am not your typical woman. I have plenty of girlfriends that I've met in this community that if somebody rejected them outright, they would take it really hard. And I don't see a point of that. Like, I don't see a point in taking rejection hard because I'm I'm going to be honest with somebody else and say, hey, you know, it was great meeting you. Um, but this isn't, like, I'm not feeling a love connection. There have been a few guys that I was really interested in continuing conversation and friendship. And I thought that maybe there was opportunity to network or something like that. But they weren't interested, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, they're they're probably looking for someone to just have sex with. I'm not out there doing that. So, um, you know, anyway, not that. Um, so, you know, dating is an interesting thing. I don't know what dating is. Do you know what dating is anymore, Jake? I'm not the person to ask. I've pretty much. Uh, Stopped you, you playing were, that game years ago. I've been tired since I was like dating. <laughs> 18. I'm like, oh, this sucks. Whatever, Jake. <laughs> no, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it's yeah, not. You dated me when you were 22. <laughs> you dated? Oh, you dated? a secret out. <laughs> you did. Sure did. Dated? Yeah. We did. We dated. Well, I can see video right now, and so I'm looking at Jason Dill, a big grin. This is hilarious. <laughs> well, I kind of knew that there was some connection that you you might have like had a momentary moment, but not that you were. Deep. It was not a long period of time. <laughs> so this goes to my point of what I'm trying to get at. What does it mean to date? I don't get it. I don't know at what point it turns from meet to date. And I don't know at what point is dating ever something that actually is serious. Like, so I find the whole dating thing challenging. I don't really feel like we date anymore. Like there's no clear defined lines of when meetings become dating and when dating becomes exclusive. And that's really hard to gauge. Um, I haven't really figured it out. And I've asked a lot of people that have been dating way longer than me, four years, 14 years. And and they're kind of like, we don't know. <laughs> I'm going to try and answer your question. What is dating and what is dating anymore? Because I, there's probably an interesting um, sociological answer to this. But when you think about relationships historically in most cultures and in most of recorded human history, marriages in particular have been arranged or weren't necessarily romantic. They were business relations more or less. And the whole idea of romantic relationships is actually very, very recent. We're talking like a few hundred years in all of human history. 
Right. So when you put it in yeah. that perspective. Yeah. And, and even though you're saying that the, the romantic part's only been 200 years, it's probably been only the last 30-ish years, 40 years, that we've gone from um, women weren't allowed to own property. There were It was still very much a business arrangement for a lot of reasons, right? That romantic piece and losing the business side or the safety side for the, the, the security of the woman and the children, it's kind of shifted now. Right. And, but also because of, partly because of that dynamic too, but when romantic relationships became a thing, um, dating in the early days would have been like when it started for a, a period of time would have been more like a court courtship ritual where um, women would entertain the men who are trying to woo them or entice them or whatever. And I think that is a lot of what we think of dating historic dating, at least where the man, the man courts, the woman and uh, takes her out and wines and dines her. If, if he wants something good to happen and, and she selects yes or no. And through the last few decades, very recently, with equality, part of equality is now we see each other as equals and maybe the best way, and really all dating is, at its basic element, is a trial period of a, of a romantic or sexual relationship. So maybe we've decided with equality that dating itself is probably a little bit, maybe it's sexist or maybe it's, there's other issues aligned with it. And maybe the best way to have a trial run of a relationship, especially if you want a relationship of equals, which is what we all want, right? Is to maybe try a different egalitarian form of getting to know someone like meeting with them and hanging out. Yeah. I've just spent like five minutes trying to sound very smart, like an anthropolo <laughs> anthro. I can't even say the word. Anthropologist. Uh, anthrop anthropologist. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Joe. Joe. <laughs> it's a very tricky word. I really made all that up with a little help from Wikipedia. Well, you know, I kind of feel like it. <laughs> I kind of feel like you have some legs up there, though, and you actually do have some background that um, you're not completely making this up from Wikipedia. I know that about you. But well, traditional dating is still a business transaction. It kind of is. One person is providing a service to try and get another service in return. So maybe we do need to rethink it. Well, maybe we do, uh, you know, so, so this person I'm with right now, he is a wonderful man. He approached me completely different than anyone I have on my list. I have a, a bunch of like characteristics of, of what I want to create in a relationship. And this man came to me with a book and he said, I found this book called Conscious Loving. It's from a psychologist, Gay Hendricks. And he's like, this is how I want to base my next relationship. 
And, and if you're interested in, in being in relationship with me, I'm going to ask you to read this book. I thought, oh, that's, that's okay. He's sending me home with homework. <laughs> you know, um, this didn't happen right away, but it happened pretty quick. And, um, I love the book. It actually is a tool for some of the things that I really want to create in my next relationship. Talks about there's like seven commitments that you have to make with, with this person. They have to be able to choose them too. And it's all about telling our micro truths and being honest. You know, like when you're married, Jill, let's say, let's just say figuratively, you're married and, um, your spouse does something that kind of bugs you and and you make the choice to like I'm just gonna bury this one like I'm I'm just gonna this really bothers me but not enough it doesn't rise to the level that I'm going to make an issue out of this. But those store up eventually over time, right? And then resentment starts. And so this is really about having this conversation, even the micro truth. Even the small truths that are a little bit uncomfortable. Interesting enough, he and I had gotten into the situation last week and had a misunderstanding and miscommunication. And I was walking away based on what I heard him saying. And, and he, um, and then the next morning I woke up and I was like checking on him. And then I spent some time processing that conversation which was a little bit confusing. And then I had you girls over, you ladies, and you're all sitting there talking. And I'm the whole time I'm thinking, I can't stand it. I really want to be connected to this guy. And so I wrote him a letter. I wrote him a text. I'm like, are you coming up? Because like, I want to see you and I want to figure this out. And we spent the evening having honest conversation, which is so refreshing to me. It was not easy. It was painful. It was uncomfortable. And it was also awesome. Yay. I I really like that. That's actually something I've thought about doing myself. Maybe not necessarily a book, although now you've given me an idea. I'm gonna yeah. try that if I ever if I ever feel like dating again, which probably won't happen, but I will make I will give my homework assignment. You must read the book called Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment and How It Can Help You Find and Keep Love by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller, 2012. Okay, does that go over the attachment? Um, This is the other thing about being single, Jill. You have to become your own psychologist about how screwed up you are. So I'm learning all of these things about me. I'm learning what my attachment type is. It, yeah, it is. Um, that's something – there aren't a lot of books that I've ever read that I felt like it smacked me in the face, but that was one of them. In fact, I after, when I started reading it, I had to – I sent texts to, like, multiple exes to apologize for things because, first of all, it tells you – you know, it kind of lets you know what your attachment style is. Mine's not a good one. Mine's, like, the worst one you have. Mine's the avoidant attachment style, which is – surprise, surprise. But – it starts, it starts going into things that you do. Like this is where your mind goes and this is what you do to other people. You've probably done this and this before. I'm like, Holy shit. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I just did apologize. So I'll tell you mine. I can't remember it right now. 
there's really only three. There's avoidant, uh-huh. there's anxious, and then there's secure. So about half the people are secure and the half are insecure. And of the half that are insecure, about half of them are avoidant and half are anxious. So I'm I am, there is, a, there is a test that I took that had four, and I was an anxious something, but there was a second word with it. Um, so, and I see that with myself. So I have some abandonment issues, and I get scared that about that disconnection quickly. Anyway, it, it is really fascinating, Jill. You've got to get caught up. Get on Google. You got to find out what your attachment style is, and then you have to be able to understand how that impacts you in relationship. Because these are the conversations people that you are meeting with are having with you. And so if you're you're not aware, then you're like, well, why do all these people know what this their attachment? Like I I never even heard about this before. And I'm like, wow, I am, I am, I feel like I am in massive therapy since entering the dating world because you are learning so much about yourself so quickly. And it's exhausting. So I can't fault Jake for for not wanting to to get on it. But, you know, I'd like to beat him over the head because he's avoidant and that is the most annoying. (laughs) I, I don't know. I can't, I can't help it. I I know. I probably could. So I think how the book could be useful though, is it gives some strategies beyond, well, it starts a lot, a lot of it is just avoid these people. <laughs> Don't get yourself involved with an avoidant partner because they're, you're going to get hurt, which probably is the truth. But I think going, what I've tried to do since then is just be upfront, especially now that I know this, it's a thing which I already knew, but didn't have a name attached to it. It's like, this is, yeah, I'm, I'm funny and good looking and awesome. And I make lots of money and actually none of those things are true. No, <laughs> yeah, it, might, it might seem great, but actually the truth is you got to know what you're getting yourself into. Read this book. And then if you're still interested, let me know. But if it ends up badly and you get hurt, I've tried to be upfront and honest about it. So now I want to play therapist with Jake, but I'm not a therapist, so I can't. We can have another episode. Yeah. So yeah, we'll do that. We'll get Cheryl Ginsburg on again and shrink Jake. We kind of did this before. So I posted those pictures of you and I going to um, the color festival. And two of our Belize people reached out to me and said, oh, my gosh, are you dating Jake? And one of them reached out and said, oh, my gosh, I hope you're not dating Jake. <laughs> but not not because they thought think you were terrible. They just think that I would be terrible for you. <laughs> we would but be I, terrible for each other. I had Nicole and Dave over, and they're like, oh, we saw your pictures with you, Jake. Are you guys dating? I'm like, no, we're not dating. They're like, why not? He's so good looking. Like, he, he's It's a, true. Jake, Jake really like, is a good-looking fella. I don't think that Jake and I would make a great team. We would be terrible for each other. And, hey, Jill, that's another idea for custom pillows. <laughs> 
you and I have a business idea. We're going to make we're going to make another another new best. Add that to the list. I you and I are going to be terrible store. together. On my podcast, we talk about opening a merch store all the time because my guests come off with one-liners that are really inspiring. I really need to just go through and make a list, and then I'm going to rob all of your based on episodes. Are you not? We come up with one-liners, but they're de-spiring. Is that a word? You can go the uninspired uh, pillow set, you know, or the the uninspired merch collection for Utah AF. it's more than uninspired. It's despired. I'm going to make that a word where it has the opposite you know, effect. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be cross stitched. Embroidered. Can yeah, be. All embroidered. It's just all embroidered. Or those, cr- those cricket <laughs> signs that are just awful. It started off with Jill thinking Some. she looked. She looked like a dude on camera, and I said, "Jill, you don't look like a dude." And Jill thought that was really sweet, so we're gonna make that. That's the nicest thing you ever said. Probably was adorable. Like that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Jake. Oh, yeah. We have another business idea, which is on topic. Uh, We're gonna just be very vague about it, though. So yeah, we need to be vague. There's a certain phenomenon, Michelle. You don't have to. You don't have to answer this out loud, but I think it affects <laughs> women. Well, I, I know it affects women more than men. But Jill receives a certain type of message from her dating apps, unwanted messages of people sending things to her. Certain types of pics. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I, we've decided twenty six. She's gotten twenty six pics. I do not understand this. I have had none. Oh. How? <laughs> well, first of all, might have been solicited. So, first of all, it, I have had men Maybe. ask me, "Would you like me to send you a picture?" And I said, "Not if it's a no." No, so, no. I haven't. Uh, nobody has asked me. Okay. Well, I. One and that okay, that's another story, but no, the 26th, though. I know that's those were unsolicited. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not currently on dating apps right now. So, right before I met this guy, I was getting off all my dating apps, and while I was on Tinder deleting my account, he got on there and started messaging me, and so then I started talking to him. I, I didn't end up getting off of it then, but I did two weeks later. And I had a surgery schedule, so I wasn't going to be dating for a while. Anyway, I was ready to just kind of pull back and kind of take some time for me. And, yeah, so I, I haven't been on them recently. I just wonder if you got into – I wonder what's in the air. I feel like certain things kind of shift at different times. I know right it's now – the cuffing season. It's cuffing season, yeah. Yep. So the business idea, how this relates to making money, in addition to our despiring pillows, is we're going to make a coffee table book, and I we have to figure out how to actually do it. It could be illustrations. It could be a children's. 
Whoa. No, we don't want to. Yeah, Jake, no, this is no, no, not no, no, a children's that, book. No, that's not where my mind was going. I was thinking of writing like a Dr. Seuss sort of whimsical story about these. So an adult it would not be meant Dr. For Seuss book. Dr. Seuss right. book. You know, like one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, and just replace the word fish. <laughs> and else. And we'll see if that works. I don't think you can use actual pictures. I don't know, but we need a. Actually, that's a good title. I was going to ask for help with the title, but I like that one. But if anyone has any ideas how to profit off of this unfortunate situation, on that note. <laughs> so, um, I, I definitely want to get some like some pillows for my chair that, that, and it could be from Utah AF that say. Yeah, you're not the one. <laughs> or like, yeah, you're uh, not the one. You are not the one. You yeah. are so meh, M E H, as the kids say. You're That's a good yeah, one. Meh, as, as the kids say. I you know find what? you to be average. I, so I, <laughs> I find you just shirt. a little below average. I found this shirt online, and I think it's because Facebook listens to me have conversations. This this guy said to me, you're too much. He's like, your house is too much. You have too much. You don't have room for someone to move into this home. You didn't build this home for a man. You didn't build this home to have a partner. And I didn't. He's absolutely right. Because I'm looking for somebody who has enough of his own that we can go do something together and build our own life together, right? And, yeah. and so... I'm like, okay, all right, I'm too much. And, you know, he, he, I, I am too much for this guy. And we are actually still friends. I, I really enjoy his company. He's awesome. But, um, I found this t shirt online and I wear it proudly. It says, if I'm too much, go find love. <laughs> Jill, add that to our list. We'll make a pillow that says, let's put it on much. the list. That's right? good. That's good. That's thing. going in the notes. That's and going we'll in my Google Doc. <laughs> we'll give you one for free, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah, Michelle, we it. won't even charge you for it. Do you, you want Bradley? Do you want a pair of sweatpants to go with that that says yeah. Jiggly on it? Because yeah, that's our cool. other business idea. Oh yeah. yeah. Except it won't say juicy. It just has STDs on the bum. Oh no, I don't want that. Well, that, that was. That was a that way was, better idea like that was 20 like, years ago. That was 20 years ago. Instead of juicy, let's just write jiggly because I've got a nice jiggly bump. I, I like it. Remember when pink, <laughs> when like Victoria's yeah. Secret had the, I know, yeah, and it was pink on the butt and pink then pink juicy. Or, yeah. yeah. And that juice. was, Jake and I used to be like, let's, let's write STDs on the butt. Let's write gonorrhea on the butt. The clap. I, I don't think so. You know, I mean, let's just. Or the word brown instead of pink. Ew. <laughs> no. I like jiggly because like. Nobody really wants to have a jiggly, jiggly but we all do. Jiggly would have been firm. <laughs> no, it felt or right. Mar marble, marbly, or marbled. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to stop talking now. I'm incriminating myself is all I'm doing. Anyway, stretch marks. Michelle, thanks for being on the show. It was great. We all have to. Have 
have you back. Where can yeah. people find more about you and your podcast? Well, they can find more about my podcast at Relentlessly Resilient uh, on Facebook. It's at Relentlessly Resilient on Instagram at Relentlessly Resilient Podcast. And you can find their podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, so Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it. We are across all of the different platforms where you can access your podcast. We'll link it up on our show notes as well. We will. Yep. All right. Thank you, Michelle, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wait. There's one last question we ask of our guests. Oh, yeah. Michelle. We didn't even prep you on this one. You have to come up with it on the fly. This is on the fly, Michelle. But what is your favorite thing about Utah? So my favorite thing about Utah is really the diverse landscapes that are here, even though I really haven't fully utilized them. I've been to beautiful locations like Flaming Gorge, and I've been through a little bit of the parks in southern Utah, but really have not explored them entirely. I did take a car run through like um, Arches, Goblin Valley, um, and I've been all over the state for politics. So there's been a lot of places that I've been to that I really want to go back and explore, and I actually haven't done that very well. Um, Just this last weekend, I was up seeing the colors in the Alpine Loop, and I just think we have the most stunning sunsets and we have the most stunning, diverse landscape here. And it's beautiful. And you haven't even been to Helper yet. Have you checked out Helper yet? <laughs> Jake, Jake, when your rental opens up and we can have a ghost town sleepover, I'm all in. Well, guess what? They're moving out at the end of the month. Wow, look how I created that. <laughs> it's like the secret, only this one's not really good for me. But we can make use of my little cottage and helper. Have a yeah, vacation. Utah AF road trip. Utah AF road trip, helper. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, we are all going to be electing Jake to mayor of helper. It's true. Um, he's trying to recruit me to buy a home there. He is working single-handedly to expand this community's uh, population, and I'm not sure that they're going to be very happy with that. We we need to look into that for as far as you know how mayor has goes. But my plan is to, you know, I'm not stumping for mayor yet. I'll wait till it's my turn. I think the current mayor is doing a good job, and I will wait for her to voluntarily decide to step aside future guest of the show. Uh, yeah, let's get her on the show. Well, Michelle, yeah. I like your answer. It's great yeah. having you on. And we'll have yes. you back on again. Thank right. you so yeah, much, you Michelle. About anything. I can talk about anything with both of you guys. Although That's most true. Censored and not <laughs> We'll do an episode right. about horticulture. 
Oh, I can't. I can't do that. All right. There are some things I can't talk about. Anyway, it was, All fun. Right. it was fun hearing from you guys today. So much fun. 